We're so glad that you're here. My name is Ryan, and I got the honor and the privilege to be a part of this team, and I'm the college pastor, and I'm just so grateful that you're here. And regardless to where you are in life, and regardless to what you may believe about God, or you may believe about your circumstances, I just know you're welcome, and that you're loved in this place, okay? And, and we're just going to see what God is going to do tonight. We started this conversation, this series, at three, two weeks ago, and the whole purpose was to talk about certain things that we have complicated. All right, and, and we, we said divine design, right? And that's the, that's the sermon series for, for this month. And, and all with the heart of this, okay? All with the heart to go back to the simple gospel. And, and what I mean by that is like I believe that we serve a God who is simple. And, and, but, but let me tell you this, okay? A lot, of, a lot of times we think the simple is easy. Simple is not easy. It's just simple. Alright? And, and the first week we talk about marriage. Wasn't that awesome? Marriage, right? And, and we, we, we discussed how, how it was, we, we went from brokenness to wholeness. And that was powerful. There was a lot of abuse. There are some of you guys, I'm going to remind you, not to go to you, but to remind you that a lot of you guys made a step to say, I'm going to pursue godly relationships. You remember that? Yeah, just a little reminder, okay? Last week, we talked about creativity. And we talked about how important it is and how we all are creative. And, well, that fun. That was just so different. It was fun. I had a lot of good. I had a great time with Mojo and, and my wife and with Mike Jones, and, and it was just awesome, right? And we, we learned it. We learned from that creativity is bringing something from chaos to come on, from chaos to, and that's it. And tonight, I'm so excited about the topic because, like you said, is divine connection. Can you tell the neighbor we're talking about connection today? Tell them. There you go. By the way, if you're new, when I ask a question, I really want you to answer back, okay? It's not like, does this do? Like, what's my answer? I do, okay? I do. It's a conversation, okay? And um, that's what is so chill. And, and one of the things when we started this ministry, one of the biggest heart of mine and Kirsty was that we wanted just to create a space for college students and young adults to have the freedom to experience God right where they are. And that's what, that was it. That's why, like, when we finally found this stage in the middle, it reminded us so much of our living room and how we used to just get together with our friends and just worship in our living room. Some, some of you guys were there. And it was just crazy. Like, we were just, there was no agenda. There was no timeline. It was just us just seeking God. And we want to create something. We wanted to create something similar here. Of course, you know, with, with order and, and with preparation and all that. But with the heart of, like, hey, we just want to, See what God has for all of us and not try to box him up and try and try to try to see, hey, you know, you gotta show up at this time and this time God is not, you know. And that was a heart and when I began to prepare my heart for tonight, we say divine connection. And tonight it's all about worship. How many of you guys have heard that word before? Worship. Raise your hand. We all have heard it. And there's a bunch of definitions of what worship is. Alright? And we think, well, worship is music. Right? Well, worship is this, and worship is this, and tonight I just want to simplify it to you, okay? Only in modern society have we, um, have we uh, said that worship is a genre, right? Like you have your playlist and your Apple Music or your Spotify, and you say, I got my country playlist, I got my, uh, my rock playlist, I got my uh, BC playlist. A lot of you guys have a, the BC Before Christ playlist with a bunch of R's right next to the song. Shame on you! Just kidding, okay? I'm kidding, guys. I was like, is he shaming me? No, I'm not shaming you. I am judging you. I'm kidding. Just relax, chill. 
I myself don't have ours, okay? I'm I'm that I'm I'm really like that holy. Kidding. Really like a lot of you guys are so dense tonight, like But only modern society we have we have categorized worship as a genre. Worship is not a genre. I'll read a definition of worship from the dictionary. This is what word what, what the dictionary says. Worship um, is this. Uh, let me find it right here. Right here. To honor or show reverence for a divine being or supernatural power. An act of expressing reverence. And here is the thing about worship. Worship is a weapon. And here is the reality. When God created you and I, my friend, all the way back in Genesis, He created us for worship. That's the bottom line. Worship is more than just singing songs on stage. Worship is more than just waiting for a guy like Nathan bring his guitar and start singing. Worship goes far, much goes much deeper than just singing some songs. Here's the bottom line of worship. Worship is giving God the place that already belongs to Him. See, when God created you, He created you from a desire of relationship, from a desire to love you and for you to love Him back. That's where you were made. If you struggle with identity, I just solved your problem. You were created to worship God and to bring honor and glory to who He is. That's it. That's it. And here's the bottom line of it all. We all worship something. Because we were created for worship. The journey of our lives is trying to figure out what we worship. See, some of you guys worship your relationships. Some of you guys worship your careers. Some of you guys have the wrong things in the place that belongs to God. And the tension comes from God trying to get your attention so that you can get the place that belongs to Him. I want to say that again. The tension is of God trying to get your attention for you to give Him the place it belongs to him. The word, there's a bunch of words in the Greek used in the New Testament. One of the words is this, prokosneo. And it means to worship. So here it tells us something. The word worship is not talking about music. It is not talking about a genre. When you really understand worship, I've heard it said, I've, I've said it, I've heard it said somebody before. I did not come up with this. I don't take the credit for this. It's not really worship, it's worth-ship. You heard that before? Worth-ship. And here's a question I want to leave, I, I want to I put in your heart today. What is God worth to you? That will solve worship. How much does, how much is God worth to you? That is worship. There's one example I said. I want to set the foundation because I have some of my favorite people as a panelist today. We're going to discuss a little bit of worship. Is that cool with you guys? If you have to leave, you're not allowed to leave, okay? Aaron, did you lock the doors? Good. Beautiful. But what I want to do is I want to set the stage for us to be able to talk and for you to be able to give you the space to ask questions about it. And ultimately here is what I've heard and I'm going to tease my ending, okay? I believe if we truly do focus and I want you to lean in and I want you to, to for a second just put, your, put, put all your thoughts, your, your ideas aside and I want you to really just to open your ears because if you do, there will be some breakthrough happening tonight before you leave this room. You hear me? 
worship. There's a beautiful example in the New Testament, um, actually is recorded in the, in, the, in the book of Matthew, of a woman who gave worship in the purest form. And I love this, and we're going to read it together. It's in Matthew chapter 26, verse 6. This is what it says. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head. It's all about Jesus. The disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste, they said. It could have been sold for a high price and the money have given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, replied, why, why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She has poured this perfume on me, preparing my body for burial. I tell you the truth, whatever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. And here it is. This woman knows that there is Jesus in the room. And the most precious, valuable thing she had, she poured onto Jesus' feet. God, this is how much you're worth to me. Everything. And what happens? have those judgy people. Oh my word. I can't believe that she would put such expense. We could have spent the entire poor village if she would have given that to the poor. Did you have a half conversation with all these people and they're like, I just don't understand why we have to lift our hands. Well, I just don't understand how we just gotta sing so many. Oh, I don't understand why people clap all the time. Well, maybe their worship, what they value, is maybe they value the Word of God so much and they value coming and singing songs that remind them of Jesus' goodness. They value the same things you value when somebody starts a touching and you lose your ever-loving mind. What makes you think you're going so nuts and so crazy for something that never gives you purpose and it doesn't give you fulfillment? Is that okay to do? But when we come to the house of the Lord and we say, God, you can take it all, we're like, I just don't understand why we have to do that. What's your worship? have all these conversations about people, maybe the woman, she's, her perspective and her body was so different than everybody else in the room, and I begin to think, why? Why, why did she have to do such, such a good thing, right? It's good to ask the why, by the way. I'm not here trying to say, you shouldn't ask why we lift up our hands. Maybe we lift up our hands as a sign of surrender. When somebody comes in a gun with you, what do you do? Do you like push them away? Do you like, don't do anything? Or do you probably just take it all to just don't shoot me? Maybe the fact that we ask something and for something is the fact designed that that's just our perspective and our view of God. Here's here's I want to explain to you why this woman, I asked that question, why did she do this? I mean, it's such expensive. And, and you know what? In order for us to understand this, we have to go to the book of John. Because see, <clears throat> you know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they rise similar scenarios and different perspectives, right? So I want you to look in the book of John and I want you to see something. That this woman has a name and I'll show you what's, what, what it is. Okay, ready? Uh, there we go. John chapter 12. Yep. And this is, this is the same story but through the eyes of, of John. Okay? And, and John says this, John chapter 12 says this, six days before the Passover celebration began. Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus. Ooh, do you remember Lazarus? Oh, maybe there's a clue there. 
the man who had, he had raised from the dead. As dinner was prepared, Jesus was honored. Martha served, and Lazarus among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it. Whipping his feet with her hair, wiping his feet with, wiping his feet with her hair, the house was filled with fragrance. Do you know what she did this? See, see, the thing about it is that you don't understand something until you know the behind of the things. You know what I'm saying? Like my mom, for example, my mom used to say, but growing up, my mom used to say, if there was a guy, the president, he would show up right every every morning, six a.m. He would live right in our in our in our, in our door, it was for the day, right? And what we didn't eat, my mom would say. And I would always wonder, why the heck does my mom save this bread? It's gonna go old, it's gonna be nasty. Like, it's so hard. Have you ever saved bread and like it goes in expires? And it's so hard, you know what I'm talking about? And I began to think, why does my mom save this? And, and all of a sudden, when I grew up, I realized what she said. This is what happened. Every time a birthday was about to come, what my mom would do in preparation for the birthday, she would begin to save the bread that we did not eat. Why? So because every the birthday that we had, she couldn't really afford a full-on cake. But, but she, she would just like, if I can save all the bread, by the time there's my son's birthday, or my daughter's birthday, or your father's birthday, guess what I'm going to make? I'm going to make you bread pudding. It is going to be the best thing in the world. And when my birthday showed up, there was a beautiful bread pudding. One of my favorite things, by the way, if you ever made me something, the bread pudding was right. It smelled good. It was good. But I understood what my mom said, the bread. But I didn't fully understand until I saw it. And that's what the disciples were doing. Why is this woman pouring such a thing in this? Maybe because we have to see what happened in John chapter 11. What happened in John chapter 11, you know what? This woman's brother who was dead for three days, Jesus shows up and says, open that tomb. And what happened when the tomb opened? There is Lazarus coming from what was dead to alive. And Mary that moment saw, there is something different about this Jesus. He is the Messiah. And regardless, aside from what everybody else thought, and regardless from everybody's agenda, Mary says, this is the time. Aside from being, even this being a preparation for Jesus' body, for his burial, Mary knew, this is the moment when I gave it all to him because this is my worship. Worship is a powerful weapon. And before I tease my, my beautiful friends here in the room, I want to leave you with this. And we're not done, right? Don't get you ready to leave. Worship begins with gratitude. Is anybody grateful in the room tonight? Yeah. Come on. Is there something that was dead in John chapter 11 that now is alive in your life? And you say, thank you, Lord, because what was dead now lives within me. Hey, it doesn't have to be Easter to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We can celebrate the resurrection every single day. Here it is. Worship begins with gratitude. Gratitude aligns your heart to the heart of God. And it will allow God's hand to be open to bless your life and to bring purpose into your destiny. Gratitude aligns your heart to the heart of God. And that will be His hand to bless your life in a way you never seen Him move.
you know what my favorite forms of worship is? When I see my kids, when I see my little mercy running around the yard, when I see my boy kicking that soccer ball, you know what I say? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. When I get home from this and I see my beautiful wife and she's waiting for me, she may not have a meal for me, but just her presence. Conversation and, and first of all, it's my good friend Nathan. Everybody, get up for Nathan. <laughs> Nathan um, is a good friend of mine. We'll talk a little bit about my relationship. But fun fact about Nathan: he was one of the first people I ever met in Columbus, Georgia, when I met him, when I moved here. And now look at us—we do ministry together, and I love it. The second friend I want to introduce is my good friend Taylor Seller. Taylor, would you come up here, brother? Here's another fact about Taylor. We were very good friends still before we started working in the church, and now we, just, we need to get our plugged up dates again together. We used to get together and plugged up all the time. You can be seated, bro. We used to get together with plugged up all the time, and, and we, we just became very good friends, and we now get to do ministry. Isn't that awesome? So he's a phenomenal uh, drummer. He's a phenomenal uh, uh, piano player. He plays a lot of instruments, but besides that, he has a great heart. And that's, I treasure your friendship. And now you're a dad. And now I am. That's Matthew behind that. And the last person, um, the worship leader of our church, the leader that, that moves forward this, this, this worship is my good friend, Clay Hunter, everybody. Um, and I look up to this guy so much. Are we going to cry today? No, right? You are, you are. And, um, Right here. Anyways, there you go. We're gonna we're gonna talk about worshiping. What I the goal of like I said in this series is be able for to give you the the, the the opportunity for us to be a part of a conversation. And not only that, there is also a number. And as we begin this discussion, this conversation, please, please, I want you to feel free to ask any questions about worship, uh, about worship. Okay, Just keep it there. Just, you know, don't don't try to go anywhere else. But keep it there. Uh, but what I want to start is say, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, and maybe uh, we'll start with Clint. Uh, Clint, if you could tell us about a little bit about yourself, how did you get here? Okay. Yeah, cool. I'm Clint Hudson. I've been like, coming to Cascade Hills Church since I was about 13 years old, so I've been here a long time. I grew up in Columbus, Georgia. I'm homegrown. Um, I've known uh, Pastor Bill's oldest son, DJ, who's my best friend in high school. He's still my best friend now. He lives out in California now. Uh, married to my wife, Haley. School sweetheart. How long have you guys been married? 16 years. Woo, 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 woo. Uh, I'm the oldest guy here. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get that out of the way. But um, anyway, we've been married for 16 years. We've got an 11-year-old son, Lane, that plays the piano. We've got a 9-year-old daughter, Natalie, that plays tennis and is a good ping-pong player. Um, but yeah, we've got two great kids. And no soccer? No soccer. And, um, not yet. Not yet. He did play one year, but he, did, he got buffed up. Oh, I kicked him in the shins too many times. But it's been my honor. I've been the worship pastor here for going on eight years. Um, I've served as a, a musician with the team 
before that for about 10 or 11 years, so I've been around in it. Um, so, but it's, I love this place, love our pastors. I love this place. That's right. right. Yeah. Nathan, tell us a little about you, brother. Well, those of you that don't know me, I'm Nathan Green. I'm the worship coach for the Bills College. Um, like Brian said, I've known Brian for a number of years um, since he came to America. Or came to Columbus. Just keep picking up in the border. I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I ran a slow motion today. Was the police chasing me? The doves? Yeah, yeah. Were, were the crows? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I've been coming to Cascade for going on four years. Um, I've served in a number of churches, but um, it's my privilege to serve this college every single week. And I also serve on weekends with Clint and Taylor. Uh, married. The marriage we're going on two years. So I have been in church my whole life, but um, like a lot of people, their experience with God starts with a head knowledge and not with a heart knowledge. And so I came to know Christ. Um, my senior year of high school um, ended up turning away from the Lord and um, Falling away from God until I turned uh, 22, gave my life back to God, went into ministry, and been serving God ever since. Wow. So, bless. Very blessed. Uh, well, I'm Taylor. I'm from Columbus. All like these guys, and um, I kind of grew up being drugged to church. Like I didn't. I was just. I had like the head knowledge, like Nathan said, but uh, I, I did not care one bit. And I kind of just was coming to church because my mom made me come. And then my senior year, um, I had a mentor who really just poured into me, um, kind of like Brian does to you guys, and um, he really just poured into me. And I saw, it, it was the first time I saw Jesus in someone else. I saw it, and I was like, man, what's different about this guy, you know? Um, but he, over the period of two years, like, shared the gospel with me, and it took all that two years, because I'm an idiot, to know what he was talking about. But... Um, Finally, my summer after my senior year, I gave my life to God and uh, started serving at Cascade Hills with Clint, um, playing the drums and doing music stuff. And I've been on worship staff now for going on three years. Wow. All right, guys. Well, we'll get to it. There's a bunch of questions coming in that are pretty good. So um, we'll, we'll see where, where we go. But let's, let's first, um, let's, let's go on foundation stuff. What, what is worship? Uh, for you or to you, what, what anybody wants to answer? I'll start it. I mean, I don't know. I really had a follow up your opener. It was fantastic yeah. because um, I was going to say worship to me, and it's kind of an odd um, illustration that I use. It's, it's not odd. It's just one that you really don't hear too much. A story in the Bible you don't hear too much talked about uh, when it talks about worship. But every time Brother Bill used to tell this story or use this analogy, I always would think about worship. I think um, I'm a pretty simple guy. I don't like to complicate things. I think we, I think people complicate worship and they try to put it in one spot and it's not. I think it's a lifestyle. I think it's a, a stance of your heart. Um, but like you said, worship to me is, I just want to steal yours, it really is gratitude. Um, I think uh, one of the cool spots of worship that I think of in the Bible is the 10 lepers that was there and Jesus healed all 10 lepers but only one of them turned around and said thank you only one of them um, and I just man that, that story always just gets me right in the gut you know and I always want to be 
like Brother Bill always used to say that. I always want to be that one leper that turned around and said, thank you. And I, I have kids. So when you, when you have kids, it, just the love of the Father really illuminates in your life tenfold, a millionfold. So when, you're, when your kids come up to you and you buy them something or you take them somewhere, maybe you take them to launch wherever, you know, and they just, you get back in the car and you shut the door. Daddy, thank you so much for, for taking me here. I would have, in that moment, I would buy them launch yeah. if I had the money. Yeah. And I think that's what, and, it, and it's not anything they bought me. It's not anything they said. Uh, it's something they said to me, in it, but it's, it's the heart. Yes. That is to me what it is. It's that it, it can be so simple. I mean, it can be so simple. I was, I was, I do something odd. It's not odd, but it's hard to watch. Uh, the movie The Passion of the Christ. It's very hard to watch that. But every single Easter is a discipline of mine. I always watch it. I, I do. And it's, it's so hard to watch. But I sit there and I just say thank you over and over and over again. And that's a so that's a non-musical way. It's kind of I know it's a little bit dark, but um, it's a way that I that I worship is simply just saying thank you. I'll dovetail off that. Um, it's funny because our pastor Brent has said many times that that gratitude is worship. He said that it's impossible to feel gratitude to any other emotion or any other uh, fear or anything like that. And it's funny because it's true. And it's true. And actually, like, a couple of days ago, I saw, like, a random TikTok. And it was some, like, science. Like, I think it was, like, Jordan B. Peterson or something like that. He was, it was some well-known guy. And he was like, hey, did you know that the studies have shown that if you feel gratitude, you cannot experience any other emotion. You cannot experience fear. You cannot experience uh, anger. You cannot experience anxiety. You cannot experience depression. And I, I just think that's so cool. Like if you said, it's like a divine design. Like God, God made worship so that if you keep Him centered in gratitude, that's even the ultimate source of gratitude. Yeah, um, I think like He built everything around us for us to just be grateful for us. Like, I don't know about you guys, but. I see Jesus when I go in nature, and yeah. I'm like, I look at nature, and I'm like, man, like, he made that for us, yeah. and just that itself, she like, God, man, man, you're like, I don't have kids, I don't have all that, but you are blessed, and whenever I say that you are blessed, like, yeah. if you got in a car, you put that beautiful AC on, you came in here, you're blessed, and just that itself, she right. say, thank you, Lord. Yeah, and no, and no matter what your circumstances, like, even if you if you have terrible parents, if you have terrible siblings, if you have no friends, if you have absolutely nothing going for you, yeah. just know that you have a God who loves you so much yeah. and gave everything to have a relationship with you. So that alone is worthy of being grateful. Yeah, just to ping off of that, I think it's gratitude, but it's also uh, trust. Yeah. And I heard years ago, uh, worship leader Jason Hilton. He said, trust is the purest form of worship. And I think what that means, and what God's shown me through that, what worship is, is a constant renewing of our belief in God. When we sing to God, we're saying, I believe you. There is a God in heaven who is worthy of our praise. And when we do that, um, it, it turns our hearts to where we can be more grateful. We can see God in different things. And I think it's a cycle of that. When we take a moment and we stop and say, God, I thank you, it's... First of all, I'm renewing my faith because faith is the foundation of who we are as Christians. And when we do that and we unlock that trust, it gives way to everything else. It gives way to believing God is going to carry us through. I think some of the strongest worship I've ever seen is people in the midst of a physical ailment. Um, I think of my mom who is a type 2 diabetic, who's been diabetic for 20 years, and every single day without fail, she said, God's going to heal me one day. 
And even if she lives her, the rest of her life with this disease and she dies and goes to be with her Savior, she's going to sing that all the days of her life, that you will heal me. I believe that. And so that worship is so pure and so powerful. Um, not only gratitude, but also trust. That's, that's good. Um, here's another question. Uh, is worship just music? I mean, we talked about that. And why is music popular in the church? I love this one. Because I, for, so when I was a new believer, I thought worship was just music. And don't get me wrong, like music, I love music. And I believe that music's the fastest way to someone's heart without their permission. Like you can listen to a secular song and it will move you. And it don't matter. But like I think God intended that for a good reason. And there's a reason that. That's cool. I'm like, feel that. That's good. Well, and I believe that, you know, the Bible talks about music a lot for a reason. You know, I think he knew that. But worship is not just music. And I and I'm passionate about this because with, with writing music and what we're trying to do, like it doesn't have to sound a certain way. Like our God is the most creative God. Uh, so to say that worship is a genre it irritates me a little bit because I'm like, no, it's not. Like worship can sound like rock music. It can sound like rap music. It can sound any way you want. Uh, it's reggae. all giving glory to God. Salsa. Yeah, salsa for you. There's some for worship sure. in salsa, bro. I get, like, I'm cleaning through the yard and I'm like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's not. I don't. It's not just music. It's a. It's a lifestyle. Like literally, like is carrying a spirit of worship, um, which is easier said than done. But, but constantly just remind. Like I really thought you said it perfect. Where whatever is on the throne of your life, if it's not Jesus, then kick it off. If it's your relationships, if it's sex, if it's school, if it's if it's good things, if it's going to church, kick it off. If it's not Jesus. Um, and that's a constant reminder that each of us need to do. And that, that to me is worship. It's a lifestyle. And that's an everyday thing, too. Absolutely. You, know, you said something that kind of reminds me of something to my dovetail, popular term tonight, right off of what you say. Because um, you said if it's this on the throne of your life, it's not Jesus. Kick it off. Worship is Jesus Christ, period. Mm -hmm. That's it. In the Bible, even if, even, and this is an Adrian Rogers quote about the history. I knew it was coming. It's I was coming. waiting for an Adrian yeah, Rogers quote. Ready for it because it's good. Because the first time I heard this one, I, I almost went, whoa. Like, what did he say? Is good, what did he say? But it, it's, it's rooted in the scripture. He said, if anything that you're worshiping is not, if Jesus, like let's say it's a parade, right? He equated, equated it to a parade. If your worship parade does not have Jesus as the front guy, then it's wrong. Mm. He said, if it's, if it's the Holy Spirit, then it's wrong. And he said, that's not biblical. And I went, I went, oh, man. He said, I love the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in me. But in John, when, when Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, he's going to be the helper. He's going to testify about things. He's going to tell you about me. So he's saying, if it was, if it's the Holy Spirit, now we ought to welcome him. We ought to, he, he ministers to us. But even he's saying, Jesus is the front. The Holy Spirit will be on the sideline saying, look at him. Wow. Look at him. Not, not, and now... That's all. It's a deeper conversation, but this is a man of God, and is rooted in John, is what he was talking about. But he said, "It's Jesus Christ. That's it. Period." Mm -hmm. yep. He said, "It's all about Jesus." That's right. I think, I think God uses music because um, I came to this realization years ago. I love music, you know, worship, all kinds of genres, um, and I think God uses music because music is one of the few things in existence that touches every single human soul every day without fail. It doesn't matter where you are in the world, from whatever class you're in, whether it be third world, first world, whatever it is, there's music playing, whether you step into a, 
elevator, you're walking down the street, someone's singing, someone's humming, you have it on their radio, on your phone, your ringtone, whatever it is, music touches every single human soul. And I think God's what's intentional about that. Because music, regardless of what it is, a melody, whatever it is, is a constant reminder of him. Now the enemy can take that and use it for his kingdom. But at the end of the day, God created music. And I think that's why it's always there, is to remind us when we start to when we start to have gratitude, when we said when we start to worship God as a lifestyle, those things will constantly be a reminder. Everything we look at, we see God will reflect it back. I think personally one of the things that helps me every time that I turn to worship, it, 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 it works with my emotions. And I know sometimes we try to push our emotions and our feelings aside. But the, the thing is, like God created us with emotions and with feelings for a reason. I think like worship somehow, it, it connects with that emotion side of it, but it brings through, yeah. through the words that we're singing. You know what I'm saying? And that's one of the most powerful things for me yep. that I love worship for because even when I don't feel like singing, the words remind me of how worthy he is. And I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you guys. But there's a lot of things that I'm grateful for God. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to repay you. And worship is like me giving of myself to the one who gave it all for me. Yeah. And if I need to give my hands even when I don't feel like it, well, I'm going to do it because he, he died for me. Right? And if you look at me and you don't like what I'm doing, well, that's just between me and you. And this is how much it works God to me, that I will do whatever He wants me. So I normally do things that I'm, I don't want to do. If I want to lift my hands, I don't want to lift my hands. Why? Yeah. Because I'm trying to deny my flesh so that God can align, I can align my heart to His heart. And so that I can Jesus, I can see Jesus do it. Just because a fact follows feelings. That's right. Like feelings, like, like, no, feelings follow facts. Sorry, if you don't feel like doing something. I don't mean that you still should. Sometimes you just need to just worship and do it. Right. And your feelings will follow, right. Absolutely. follow in fact every That's single right. time. And another one is on, on that note is that um, when you when you don't feel like it, I know depression's a big thing, anxiety is a huge thing right now, and it hinders worship mm -hmm. um, in a lot of people. But right. another one for you that Pastor Rogers just says is that emotions are the shallowest part of your being, and salvation is the deepest work of God. So always, always, and this is all, you know, I've, I have I, that is that's a top five quote of mine because if anybody I think we're in a time where we see depression we see anxiety at all time high amongst Christians yeah. and uh, I've seen it in my own life and I've seen it in my family's life I've seen it everywhere but I have to constantly remind her that your emotions the shallowest part of your being they really are salvation salvation is the deepest work of God you always yeah, be on that really and, and like also I think like you were saying sometimes. Even when you don't feel like it, like, like you said, the feelings always follow the fact. And so for me, like I, the more I've grown in my relationship with God, the more I've realized the greater your revelation of how good he is, the greater my expression is to him. So, you know, the more I see how good, how faithful, how amazing God is, how can I not respond? And, like, everyone's different. You know, when I was a, a new believer, I wasn't going to come in jumping, dancing, lifting up my hands. But now that I see how good God is, I'm going to come in jumping, lifting up my hands, dancing. There it is. Um, and, and that's just a, that's a personal thing. So if, if worship to you looks like standing and just taking it in, that's totally okay. Uh, but I know that the more you see God and how good he is, you're not going to be able to contain Absolutely. your expression to him. Absolutely. Here's a live one, you know, to, to get us a little bit out. It says, I know worship is not about all music, but what is your go-to worship song? 
Fred Foundation. That's so good, man. It's my favorite one, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Taylor and I agreed on that with when I first heard it. Um, any any song that's like an exaltation, like something that just lifts your soul, yeah. it's my brethren. Yeah. Because what you're saying, like with especially this generation with depression and, and anxiety being at an all time high, and you were talking about gratitude, when you feel gratitude, you can't feel any other emotion. That's what worship does. Uh, I see it every single Thursday when we come in here, and I see it on their faces, and I see the weight. I saw so many people, but when worship starts, it just releases something. Like people are able to just kind of take a breath, and they begin to feel the presence of God. And I think that's incredible. And songs that that are defined by that, and songs that kind of hinge on that, I love. So Front Foundation is mine. Uh, I have my go-to if I'm if I'm just going to sit down like at the piano and just play a song. It's a hymn. It's "Great Is Thy Faithfulness." It's my favorite song to just Classic. sing by myself. Like just uh, my favorite like big song like would be uh, it's a actually a passion song. It's called "In Christ Alone." That's that's probably my go-to. It's, it's chock full of theology and declarations. I mean, it's just it gets me lit. Yeah, I think uh, mine's like an older one. It's kind of like it's not. Anyways, I think the reason this is my favorite is because where I was in my life when this song hit, like I just needed it, is King of My Heart. And that song, when I, I just remember where I was when I heard it. You're bringing it back. Yes, I'm telling you, I remember where I was. I remember where I was the first time I watched this person lead that song. And I was, a, I was relatively new in my faith and worship, trying to do music. And I just remember the way it hit me. And sometimes like that, those songs, whatever it is for you, it can be your it can be your favorite just because of where you were and what God was doing in your life. Uh, and that that song, I mean, how simple you are good, you are good. Oh, like that's all you need, you know? It's it's not it's not the most riveting, but it's it's the most powerful. Yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, that is a jam. Yeah, well, that is a good jam. Uh, all my favorite songs. If you, I know you're asking them, but I'll just one too. It's in Spanish, so you don't know it. So I'll leave you with that. Okay. Google it. Spanish worship songs. It'll bless your soul like anything else. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, let me see. Um, when and how did you know that you were called to do worship full time? Maybe you could answer right. that. I yeah, this is this is something I believe in, um, and this is something that I'll I'll heal, I'll die. Um, because Pastor Bill, I asked Pastor Bill one question when we was in staff meetings. We get, we get the, the benefit of asking some of the wisest people that I know these leadership questions. And I asked Brother Bill this. I said, if you were stranded on a desert island and you could only take one leadership principle with you, like it's kind of a weird question, but I wanted to know his leadership principle above leadership principles. I want to know what's the, what's the pinnacle. I said, if, I can, if you could only have one leadership principle, what would it be? Desert Island type thing. And he kind of thought for a minute, and he was like, man, that's a pretty good question. And he said, I think it would be uh, play to your gifting. That's what it would be. It'd be whatever you're, if you're a believer in Christ, you have a spiritual gift that God's given you. You have something that you're good at. You have something that's the thing that makes you happy. It's the thing that makes you sad. It's lacking. It's the thing that brings you joy. Whatever that gift is, always play to that gift. I love music more than anything. Now, there's, um, I, I eat, drink, and sleep records and Spotify's, and that's all I do. 
So I was at a point in my life where I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Like my parents had a family business. I felt that's where I needed to go. Well, I, that wasn't really a passion of mine. So I said, Lord, I don't know really what to do. So by the grace of God, he positioned me at Cascade Hills Church uh, serving in the music ministry. So I was just said, I like music. I like to play drums. I like to do this, that, and the other. That's where I started. And, and I said, I'm just going to play. I'm just going to do Because Brother Bill says, if you do what you can with what you have where you are, God will leave you where you are and increase what you have. So I did what I can with what I had where I was. And by the grace of God, he um, let, I started leading songs. And this, there's people better than me. I don't know why. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, I don't know why in the world I'm the guy. But I'm, I praise God every day that, he, that uh, Pastor Brent gave me that shot. So I did what I could with what I had where I was. And that was my, I felt like it was a gifting of mine. I love people. I love the team. I love God. I love worship. So I just started with the gifting. Then yeah. it went with the passion. And then it was prayer. And I think like one of the things, Glenn, that I admire about you that I've always looked like from you is I think that is what you keep showing up. Because I've seen when like things don't go the way we plan, right? Like for services and things like, you know, you and then you like, it didn't met that expectation, but I think like because of the foundation that you have set whenever you pursue this calling of you, you keep showing up the next weekend, that's and right. the next weekend, and the next weekend. And I think that's for me one of the things that I admire from you is like the fact that because of that, you know, we are able to say, hey, because a lot of a lot of you guys see this and you're like, well, you know, this is just like, oh, if I can just be the, the leader of it, you know, it will be the, the thing. Well, no, but like, you know, like character is going to keep you right where the calling is going to take you. Right. So like you, you might accomplish a mountain, but if you don't develop the character right here in the secret places like he did, like saying, God, this is what I have, what I, what, you know, I'm going to do what I can, what I have. Right. So that developed character and that developed maturity that can keep him as the worship leader of Cascade Hills Church for this many years That's because right. it's not easy, y'all. Like we all are like, I too, like I don't feel like I can do this. But what brings me showing up is this, like what I, I, I get to do, yeah, it's like, you know, like I, I get to preach and all, but that's not why I do these things. I do these things because I want to see you be the full devoted follower of Jesus Christ that God is calling you to be. And that's why I keep showing up every single Thursday, even when I don't feel like it. And I hope that his response is order to bless you as you pursue whatever career God has put in your path. It's not a career that defines you, it's your character that defines your career. And I hope that that, that blesses you too. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, Taylor, if you, this question is for you, then I'll go for Nathan. This other question that I think okay. is good. Uh, Taylor, how would you describe the impact where you've had in your person has had in your personal life? Ooh, big, huge. Um, well, I mean, honestly, one, I, I wouldn't be the person I am today if it wasn't for it. And then, like a lot, like what Clint said, I was on a path. I was on a total different path at a point in my life. I, I owned a photography business and it was doing pretty well and I was very close to moving to LA and I'm glad that God stopped me because I feel like I would not be the person I am today. I, I don't think my relationship with God would be nearly what it is, but um, worship kind of stopped me. Actually, it's funny, uh, I felt my calling at a door service, so you were at one time. Anyways, long story short, I, I, we went, I went to, a, I heard a message and I just was in prayer and God said some things to me, um, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to call Clint, and I did, and I called Clint to kind of share with him what was going on, I was like, well, Dorsey, my, my 
girlfriend at the time. Yeah, no, fiance, fiance at the time. I was like, we're not moving anymore. <laughs> we were looking at apartments in LA like that week. And I was like, ah, we're not moving anymore. We're staying here. And, and like just so on the front end, worship changed my entire, my entire direction. But then honestly, it's like you said, when you're gifting, I, music has always just been a part of me. Like I, I love music. And so the music side of worship really just, it moves me. And sometimes I connect, I feel more connected to God in, in music than even when sometimes I'm hearing the word. Um, and of course, that's because I'm singing true theology. I'm, I'm singing truth of God and over my life or over situations. But um, worship, man, it's, it's, it's a weapon. And man, I, I tell you, like even my hardest times, I, I encourage you guys, even if you like, just find find a worship song that you like, in, in a hard time, like cling to the cling to that, like cling to those words, and like I, um, it's gotten me through a lot of hard times. It's gotten me over a lot of mountaintops too. And it is important too I, when you mentioned the theology behind it. It is important, guys, that as you as you lead, you following this worship band, there's a bunch of worship options. I think worship is one of the hardest things out there right now. I think it's become mm -hmm. so popular, you know, with the rising of all these stars following Christ now and all this, you've got to make sure because the, word, the, the music and the worship that we sing, you've got to make sure it lines up to the Word of God. Yes. Because if it does yes. not line up to the Word of God, you're literally just feeding your feelings and you're not feeding the truth that will yes. actually make you better. So as, you, as you're finding these worship songs, as you're lining yourselves, as you, we always are careful, I know, as a church and as a team to make sure that we're singing God's Word, nothing I love that, as say as uh, album so much, you guys. Yeah, that's you know? that's one thing I'm like. Sorry, you, um, that's one thing I admire about our pastor is because mm -hmm. if I'm honest, the first time he said, "Hey, look, the first time this first album needs to be straight scripture," mm -hmm. my flesh, I was like, "Oh man, I can't be creative and like right." But man, let me just tell you, the way when you sing God's word over you, it blesses. It, it cuts deep. Cuts yeah. deep. You know, Brother Bill says it's a sword; it'll cut. So, and if you're looking for a good song, there's 150 fantastic songs right in the Psalms, brother. So I would say, yeah. Oh yeah, I was like, 150 songs, you know. So I would also say with worship, you keep your heroes close to home. Absolutely. Yeah, something that our pastors always say: keep your heroes close to home, and uh, your, your your the anointing on your life is always going to flow out of your quiet time. That's right. Period. Yeah, because if you're not spending time here. There will not be an impact in your personal life because you're singing something that yeah. resonates with Even, even singing to. great theology songs will only get you so far. Yeah, absolutely. Like everything yeah, comes absolutely. from your quiet, the absolutely. quiet place. Yeah. Nathan, this is for you. I think that this is you, something that you have grown so much in the last couple of years that I've been alongside with you. Uh, as, a, as a worship leader, how do you set aside the need for order and allow God to move? So how do you set that? Well, I heard a long time ago that glory follows order. Um, which is evident in scripture and specifically when the building of the temple. Um, it says that the, the measurements were made according to what God spoke. So he said this many cubits by this many cubits and this color and this kind of material and this, the, the specificity of what they were doing was so crucial. And I found it interesting when I was you know, growing my faith and I read about it and I went to my pastor and I was like, why? Why did this matter? Why was that so significant? And he said, keep reading. And after the temple was completed, it said the glory of the Lord filled the temple to where the priests could not stand and perform their works. 
said, the glory follows order. And if we want to have the presence of God, especially in worship and mind, so important why we worship is to invite God's presence in. It's uh, significant that a service starts with worship. Is it sets the atmosphere, it, it turns our hearts to God, it allows us to free ourselves from the stresses of our life and just completely focus on God so that he can open our hearts to receive a word from our pastor. And I think that's what worship's intended purpose is, but um, learning as a leader how to take that and apply it to your team, how to apply that to, uh, to what you're doing, um, a lot of it, we have keys that we follow weekends, I've applied this in college, of, of preparation and importance of your quiet time and things like that, all those things come into it, but um, what defines that, obviously what Clint said is, is coming out of your private worship, um, it's not just about, and we know this, but it's not just about what we do in this room or what we do up there or what we do in our car or anything like that, it's about where our hearts are and worship. I love that you said that because what we place our worth in is what we worship. We can worship our jobs, our, our spouses, whatever it is. Um, but as it pertains to order, it's crucially important that you have an authentic relationship with God. Anyone that comes to me is like, I want to get involved in worship. I'm like, okay, well, first question is, do you have a relationship with God? Because that's the most crucial part. And every piece that falls in is how order is done. Everything has to have its place. Paul addresses this in all his letters to the churches, and specifically in the church because they were just showing up and doing whatever. And then they were wondering why God wasn't moving. You know, and Paul says, you need order yeah. in your in your service, in your church, in your life. For a lot of you guys, you want to bring God worship, then maybe you need to start cleaning your room, you know, <laughs> and cleaning your thing, and you bring order to your personal life, you know, because, I mean, it starts with that, right? We think like, oh, well, why is God? Well, you need to bring order. is so important in the kingdom of God. Yeah. It's a kingdom, right? It's not, it's, it's not like, we serve a king, right? And a king deserves the best, right? And, and you go, 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 go study all king, king kingdoms and all the, the things that, they, I mean, you bring to the kingdom what's best for him. And, and sometimes we wonder, why, why is God not showing up in my life? Maybe because you're living a God that is disorganized, a life that is disorganized. And you're not creating order for God to move in a way that is proper, in a way that is biblical. But it's very important for us, yes, order of worship and of service is important. But it's as important to, to bring orders to your personal life whenever you're trying to worship God in your yeah, everyday I think, life. I think that goes, it's, it's, it's like anything else. There's like a balance. Like Absolutely. I think you should do with services, with life, whatever. You should do everything in your power to have it set up in a way where it's, it's going to be successful. So yeah. let's say you're setting up a service, but don't forget, like there's a balance. If you're, if you're so set up and structured that you're not listening for God, then you're going to miss, Absolutely. you know? So it's, it's that, it's like you all do everything you can to yeah. get where you're trying to go, but be listening and be like in that quiet place. You'll hear God. I admire Clint because I remember when I first started serving, like I was like, okay, this is the flow. We're going to do this song, this song, we're going to here. And then there'd be a time where he was like, no, we're going we're gonna to switch this song up. And I'm like, whoa, it's Friday. It's the day before. And I want to look at Nathan right I know. <laughs> I know. I just admire that because. <laughs> hey, Nick, I'm gonna, can, can I can I just can I just throw something at you? Oh no! Please don't. Hey, <laughs> I admire that because I know Clint. He's a very organized, like structured. And I admire that about him. That even when he was so set up, if he felt like Holy Spirit was telling him, "No, we're gonna switch this out," 
I admire that he was willing to go through the work to do that. And I just, there's that balance of do everything you can, but man, don't, don't forget to listen. Like, leave room for God to interrupt your agenda. And what I found, too, it's funny that you say that because I think order creates and it makes you aware of where the presence of God needs to be in the room. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I think, like, when we look at the plan and all of that, you begin, the Lord begins. But the, a lot of times we can show up and be like, okay, God, whatever you want to do. And we're like, what? No, like, order creates a space for, you know, that freedom of, of God to, to move because yeah. we have created space for Him. And right? that's not just in services. That's right. in life. Whatever you're striving to do, like, do everything in your power that God has given you, but leave room. Like, make sure you spend time with God. If God tells you to change it, then you better obey him and listen to him. I promise it works out better. Yeah, so good. All right, next question. Um, okay. Man, that's a lot. It's a, it's a light question. Uh, favorite key to play a song in? Go. A. B flat. E. Uh, C, C minor. <laughs> I, I don't sing. I thought I, my mom told me that I could sing, and she was lying to me. So I'm cursing her. She was like, "You cannot sing." I was like, what? I thought I was going to worship. I wasn't. Um, this is uh, this is a weird one, but I, uh, Gary said that please ask this question because uh, I and I mean, let's. I would start other. What do I What do I do about worship music that feels like it's written for women and lacks a lot of the strong masculine? I think that's where it boils down to knowing your like knowing what you're listening to. Mm -hmm. um, I, I always look at everything if it doesn't. I mean, I've got if it don't align with, with scripture, um, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna be a part of it. Sure. You know, if, I, if I now it's nothing against any other song, but there may be a but if there's ever a check in my spirit about a particular song that's not vetted, mm -hmm. I'll say, I mean, great is thy faithfulness, amazing grace, mm -hmm. blessed assurance. These songs that are that's these, these are, in our church, by the way. Yeah, these are fitted, like you know the songs. But if there's something new that comes out, that's kind of like because I mean, worship community can fall into that too. They can try to do, um, you know, get cool on you or whatever, and try to do whatever. And we just want to always make sure that we're that we're singing truth. You yeah. said earlier, worship in spirit and truth. So what we're singing is not truth. If it's ever a ever a check in your spirit about it, you can always. I mean, there's millions of songs out yeah. there. So yeah. And I think I think if it is truth, that you're just not jiving with it and just find another song. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, really, at the end of the day, the moment that it stops being about God and someone for worship. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that applies in corporate worship. It applies in our private worship, what the music we're listening to. Yeah. And that's an easy gauge. Like, yes, check the word, know the word, because it's it defines our lives. But yeah. the moment your own worship or the song that you've seen or what you're seeing about, or why you're doing it, it stops being about God, it's the only question. I think personal taste can, it's not too fleshy to say, I mean, if there's a song that a, that a girl sings and a dude's listening to it, and you're really not, it's okay not to, yeah. um, you know. Yeah. Okay, here, here's a good one. Have you ever been discouraged about the performance aspect of worship music? How do you keep it pure and holy? Ah, dog, whoever asked that question, take my hat off to you. Yes. I, I have. Um, it's it's an easy thing. It's an easy thing, but it, it pride. It all comes back to pride. Uh, Pastor Pastor Brand has said, you know, pride will will sneak up on you and every one of us. And you only you know where pride will sneak up. 
Um, so it's constantly guarding, and, and pride can come across on a platform. Um, and I love that Clint says it's not a stage, it's a platform. It's, it's just elevated, it's just showing something else. So this is a platform that shows worship. Uh, if it ever comes about performance, uh, you got to really guard that because it can, it, but you know, I mean, you got to be very, that's a personal thing, and it can be very discouraging, and also it can discourage other people. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to keep your, your it's all about the self and the heart. Uh, it has to be, it has to be true, authentic worship, not about performance. Yeah. I, I, I think in my life, if I'm honest with you guys, I think the hardest times to worship God, it was the purest and the holiest worship that I ever experienced in my life when it comes to singing songs. And, and I'll tell you when it was. I was in Peru when my dad passed. And I, my dad passed on a, on a Tuesday, funeral was on a Wednesday. I got there on a Thursday, so I missed his funeral. But my family had a, uh, a gathering in the, in the house. We were all in the house of my aunt. and. Um, and we began just to sing songs as a family. There was a pandemic, so there was no church services in Peru on that Sunday morning. My uncle is a pastor, he was preaching to the family, and, um, and we started with a worship song. And I remember there in my seat, I was sitting down, and Kershaw was next to me, and my mom was in front of me, and my brother was right there, and they were just bawling their eyes out, and I was just, I was just thinking, I was just like, how many times have I preached about worship? The worship is not a feeling, the worship goes beyond, it's God giving the, everything that I preach on begins to resonate in my mind. And it was so hard to give God the worship that day because I, I was like, God, like if you were God good, like why, why did my dad have to pass? And why did I make the being? I had all these things, but in that moment, I was challenged like I've never been challenged before. And it was the purest and the most holiest experience I ever had in me between God. It was not, there was no light. There was not a, it was literally, a song and it was the blessing in Spanish and when it comes to the bridge and that it says you know your families your children and not just saw God and I saw my father right next to God agreeing with me as I was singing and my son Noah and my daughter Mercy and their children and their children will be blessed why not because of something that I've done but because I'm giving the place of God that belongs to Him, even though I did not feel like it. So the purest, I think for me, the purest form of worship and the purest form of allowing His presence to flow is when it costs you something, and whenever it goes above what you understand and what you see, and you're still able to say, God, thank you. Yeah. Even though I just lost my hero, even though I just said, I want to say, and I want to declare that, not even that, because what the enemy meant for evil, he can turn it for good. So I'm singing blessings in the middle of, of death. I'm saying, my, my children and their children. And that was one of the purest forms of worship that, that was not a performance anymore, yeah. that it was truly because it was challenged. So if your worship is not challenged, then you'll perform. You know, and if your ideologies are not being challenged, if your theology is not being challenged, then you're just performing. You're constantly got to put your place in a place where you're constantly being challenged. You're challenging your feelings, your emotions, your ideas, your thoughts, your agenda. You're forming a place and you're giving God the place where you belong. I think it, and there's nothing wrong with having Absolutely. LED wall and lights. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I, I can never judge someone else's worship. Absolutely. No matter how crazy or what different different than I'm mine. And look, I'm not, I'm not God. I don't know their heart. Yeah. But I can judge my own worship. And I can remember my why. It's all about the why. 
Why am I lifting my hands? Am I doing this to be seen, or am I doing this because I'm surrendering to God? Am I doing what, what is what is your why? There's nothing wrong with having the cool lights and all that. It. It's all yeah. great. But remember, it's not a performance. It's all about your worship yeah. and your heart. Absolutely. Uh, here is a here is a light one. We have three more. Okay, is that cool with you? Yeah. Three more. Uh, favorite song of the Cascade Hills album? Shelter. No way! Oh, oh, so they nasty. How are you? Y'all are bad. This was not scripted. I promise. <laughs> Holy crap! I like uh, walking love. Walking love? Yeah, that's good. I do. They don't want to play walking love. There it is. What if Nathan says I haven't heard any of it? He don't like it. He's saying we're not. Sing the harmony for something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Question for Nathan: How do you sing so good? Yeah. <laughs> All I need. It's, it's funny. Yeah. Right. Is that something like Dang! Man, y'all are old. I know that voice. There she is. Madeline Grace. What? Sound 23 for me. I love that. Is that all I need? Yeah. I love it. Before we had names of the songs, it was just the scripture. So a lot of the staff was like, yeah, it's Psalm 23. Yeah. Um, it just it connected to me so quickly you know, when, when I heard it for the first time. It was like. In my car. I remember the bridge. Yeah. The bridge just. So you heard so it before hard. I did? Yeah, you heard it before it was out. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, because, oh, there's, I mean, this is a good question. What would I, oh, Lord. Are you guys, do you guys have time or you guys want to go now? Like, you guys good? It's <laughs> a gutsy question to ask. The, gutsy. Yeah. Um, Old move, Cotton. <laughs> here is, uh, yeah, okay, here's a good one. Is worship for our benefit or for God's benefit? That was good, right? I, 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 yeah. All right, yeah, I can go. It's uh, it's kind of a tricky question because it is it's all about God. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't benefit us. It's for His benefit, but it benefits us as well. Yeah. It's for Him, but it benefits us. I think us. it's a. And I, I, the, the Lord put this scripture in my heart um, about what we were talking about, what worship is. It's, it's for the benefit of God, like Taylor said, but how we use it um, can be for our good. Um, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, uh, verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, for the pulling down of strongholds. There's a purpose behind worship, that worship is a weapon. You mentioned that earlier. Um, for the pulling down of strongholds, and I talked about it earlier, like, uh, I looked down, especially tonight, and there was such unification. Not that there isn't, but, you know, we may introduce a new song, and people don't know it, but, like, there was such unity tonight. I heard people singing, and I looked down, and I saw everyone worshiping, is that it changes things. When, when worship happens, it changes atmospheres. Strongholds are broken. Chains are broken. Uh, you know, fear is removed. Uh, life is made new. Healing can happen yeah. in the presence of God, and that happens through worship. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. it can be for our good. Yeah, I think God God really values unity. Um, like you were just saying, some, there's something about all of the people being unified under whether it's a song or if it's prayer, um, but it's all unified under the name of Jesus, under God. Um, so, like you said, worship's a weapon. So it's for God, but God will use it to tear down walls in your life. 
Now, I just, I just, I cannot imagine, I cannot think the fact that we can give God the first place and not think that He's going to take care of everything else, right? If, if worship is giving God the place it belongs to Him in our life, the Bible says, right, like, if, like, go unto me, if you, like, if, if seek, on, like, seek first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness and everything yeah. else will be added unto you. So, as you worship Him, you're giving Him the place that belongs to you. Basically, you're saying, God, you are yeah. the owner of my life. How would you think a good God would just say, okay, thank you, bro, like, keep on going. No, like, he's going to take care of you. And so the benefit is that you're giving the place it belongs to him because you're aligning yourself to his purpose and his will. So now he's going to take care of you. I was reading uh, uh, on my hard time a couple of days ago. He was like, if you give your children what they ask you, right? If your children ask you for something, you don't give them rocks. Right and now, imagine you're sinful people. That's what it says now. How much good a good father, your good father, what he, what you think he will take care of you? And that's the beautiful thing about worship. If if you in your worship, you're giving God the place that belongs to Him. Guess what? He's going to take care of your relationships. He's going to take care of your family. He's going to take of your take care of your needs. He's going to take care of your bank account. Can I get an amen, anybody? Yeah. Right. So so it's good. Okay. Um, Last, 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 last thing, because we're running out of time here. Um, and I think this is going to set up my ending, but why, why is uh, uh, corporate worship so important? This is something that, this is something because there, there is right private worship, but there's corporate worship, and they're both as important, right? I, I hear a lot of people, it's like, well, I don't need to go to church, right? I, uh, I don't have time for Thursday night, so I don't have time for weekend, you know, like, I don't need that, right? I can get my worship on here by myself, and I can do this myself, right? Why do you think corporate worship is important? I think it's, uh, I learned, relearned this lesson this year, actually, and I think Pastor Brent put it put it nicely. Corporate worship, like Taylor said, God honors unity. There's something, about, there's something magnificent about the children of God singing to God as one. Um, but Brent, uh, Pastor Brent was telling me, you know, I'm going to come up there because he, he's, he's about to give him a sermon. He's like, man, but sometimes that music's like anesthesia. It can just, and it just allows the, the Holy Spirit. You, know, you don't mean going in and do surgery on their heart. If he's going in there to just to cut them a little bit, if someone far from God, if he's going to tell them something, it might sting. It might need a little anesthesia to kind of numb that up. And I think corporate worship, just on a, a broad you know, arena with that, does that. It softens your heart. It does. Music is an important thing. Music is very important to God. It's all in the Bible. He created it. There's music in heaven. There's there's There's... Music is important to God. So that serves as, it serves as a way for the Holy Spirit. No man comes to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws him. The Holy Spirit is with us. God is omnipresent. He is with us. Worship draws people in because the Holy Spirit can begin to move in someone's heart even during worship. I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah. I, I believe as well that not only all the things like that, but I think for me, I remember when I was a new believer and just being with other people. It, worship was all new to me. It was new to me. But I remember seeing someone like really like just genuinely worshiping, lifting their hands or whatever it was. There was a group of people. And I remember being like, man, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like if I was in prison my whole life. I'm in prison. I'm not going to see anyone kiss, right, ever in prison. Hope, hope not. <laughs> Anyways, we'll keep moving. We'll keep moving. So we're in prison. Never, we've never seen anyone kiss. And then you get out after, after 20 years. And you see someone come up and just hug and kiss, and you're, you may be like a little put off. You may be like, whoa, that's a lot of affection, you know? But it's the same thing when you're an unbeliever. Like, if, when I came in to see someone worship, I was like, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of worship. That's a lot of, of 
affection. But to them, it's like they, they're like, oh, man, I'm, I'm loving God. And that lifted me. I was like, man, the more I was around that, the more I was like, ah, I want what they have. Yeah, it changes other people in you know, worship. And we talk about it um, when we get the invitations on the weekend. Like we saw uh, for Easter, he would give the first invitation. And it's like if you could see one person coming, and we would sell another and another and another. And 100 people gave their souls to, to God. But um, another thing that the worship does is it reminds us that we're not alone. Yeah. I think that's what's beautiful about corporate worship is, is the Christian life is not easy. Um, and it can be very lonely, even even when you have a relationship, even when you have a spouse or a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, parents, siblings. Uh, it can still be very lonely. We talked about depression and anxiety and things like that. But when we come into a place, when you are a believer and you're wanting to go deeper in your walk with God and cultivate your faith with God, when you see other people worshiping, it reminds them, okay, I'm doing this by myself. I have, I have a community. I have a, a belief. You know, and that's why we talk so much about making your home into a church, being a part of a, a body, because accountability and, and strengthening, iron sharpens iron, all those things are important, but it just reminds you you're not alone. Pastor Bill has always said that the church is not a hangout for the saints, it's a hospital for the sinners. Mm. Now man, that's just a, like being corporate worship, it's like a reminder that I'm weak. <laughs> I'm weak, you're weak, but we're in it together, you know, we're trying to serve God. Corporate worship builds your faith, and I'll tell you one quick thing, you know, Megan Hayden, she worships with us. She's having trouble having a baby. And she actually was leading worship with us one weekend. And she actually started to like, she was on stage singing. And she was actually starting to bleed a little bit. Like she was having complications. She wouldn't mind me telling you this. But I'm, I tell this because it boosted our faith. We're, we're worshiping corporately as a worship team on the stage. You know, we're, you know, we're leading everybody. But we're also like leading. But in that moment, we I've never seen a worship song go to war for somebody as much as it did make it. Because we... She started to do that. She was like, nah, this is what happened every single time. We've had a miscarriage. She was, I'm going to the, I gotta leave. I can't sing the other two services. She left. I know this is what's happening. There was some of our Tiffany Hamlin. She, she's not uh, here anymore, but she was a worship leader. She said, you know what? No, no, this is not the answer. We're about to go to war for her right now in worship. We went out and led as a team. We kind of, we were still leading everybody, but as a team in our minds, yeah. together we were thinking, boy, this is just not, we, we, we know the promise that you gave them. And it turns out, I mean, yeah. Mike's here, so. He's so good. Can we give it up for them? Thank you so much. Um, I want to finish with this, okay? Uh, have you guys enjoyed tonight? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I know it so much. And, and hopefully you get some perspective on, on tonight and this morning. Um, a lot of times I come up and uh, a lot of times I leave uh, some room for my closing. But tonight, I was in my office and I was just like thinking, God, you know, this is awesome, this is the worship. And I finished that conversation with that question for a reason. I heard in my spirit this. Remember, first week was was, was from from um, from brokenness to, to wholeness. Remember that? Second week was from chaos to order. You know what I, like he laid my spirit today? And I, I, wanna, I ended up to the end because I, I believe that there's something miraculous that can happen right now. He said, Brian, what if we go from from breaking to praising? And why is corporate worship important? You know what? Because the enemy always works best when you're isolated. 
in isolation when you're by yourself, guess what happens? You begin to believe the lies of the enemy in your life. When you're by yourself, you begin to think like, hey, there's cannot be no breakthrough. And I love this story about Megan because he was that day and I knew about it. I heard about it and I stepped in because I knew that this team, this worship team was about to go to warfare for a person that they loved with all. And that was one of the most powerful services I ever watched. And I, I was just sitting in awe and I was like, oh my word, a miracle can happen in this room. And it did because if you go follow me, you can get what she's holding right now, a baby. Come on. Yeah. And I believe that that can happen. It is funny that Clint said that because you know what? I'm just going to be vulnerable to you today. I'm scared right now. Why? Because what I'm about to say, it can literally change your life forever. Because I believe that there are some strongholds in your life that have been keeping you bondage. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a pornography issue. Maybe it's a sin issue. Maybe it's anxiety. It is depression. And you know what? What God, what God wants to do tonight, as we praise who He is, as we finish this, this topic of worship, He's like, if you give me the place it belongs to me, I'm going to take care of your needs and what you're asking me to do. Because gratitude moves the hand of God. And I don't know about you. I don't know what's keeping you bondage. I don't know what it is. But I have a story for you. Can I share it with you very quickly? Yeah, is that good? Clay, would you come really quick and help me with this analogy? It, it, it is a story of Paul and Silas. Hey, Clay, you're going to be Silas. I'll be Paul. How about okay. that? Yep. Um, look at Acts. Uh, if you want to put it as, uh, he's talking about Paul and Silas. And look what it says. They were severely beaten. And then they were thrown into where? Prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the anger dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. And this is what happened, right? He'll be silent, right? We're in prison. Ah, oh, our feet are clamped into the ground. We're beaten. You're beaten, right? And I'm, I'm laying, right? I'm right here like this. I'm pulling like I'm hurting. Silas. It's midnight, though, man. I think we ought to worship. I don't know, but uh, Silas, I'm like, it's a perfect time. It's been hard. How are we gonna? How are we gonna spread the gospel? I mean, we're we're freezing, literally. It doesn't like, matter. Uh, Sometimes you just got to sing anyway. There's no way. There's no Sometimes way. Like, sing. listen, see, see, see. First, before I set this up, this was the first mistake. You know, the enemy wanted to keep him in prison, right, James? But here's the first mistake. Paul was not alone. I have Silas next to me. Corporate unity, right? I don't feel like Silas, dude. I'm Come on, like, sing. You ready? I'm hurting, bro. You're just gonna sing. It's midnight. There's nobody. You never know what can happen. There's nobody here, Silas. Why are you so optimistic? There's power in the name of Jesus. Dude, Come on, sing. There is power in the name of Jesus. I believe that, Silas. But really, like, there is power. There is power in the name. 
attached to the ground and they knew that they could not lift their feet off the ground but they could lift up their hands to heaven and pray and praise they knew that even though I cannot move my feet I'm bonded I'm prisoner but I can lift up my voice and say it's time to break every chain and here is the thing about it guys they praise before they pray do you get that? before their breakthrough show up. So are you going to let your chains break your brakes? Or are you going to let your brakes break your chains? Come on! So tonight I want to give you an opportunity to worship God in a way where you say, Hey, Brian, I don't know how I'm going to get the next step. I don't know if the miracle is going to happen. I don't know how my health situation is going to evolve. I don't know how my relationship is going to go. I am bondage, but I'm going to praise God for what He has done because He is good. 